ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and everybody in between, welcome to another episode of the Jake Botel Sports Experience. My name is Jake, obviously. I'm the host. Uh, <laughs> pleasure to have your company on another episode. Make sure you go back and have a listen to our NFC North preview. Myself and Minnesota Jack did that one a couple of days ago. Also had a nice chat with Draft Vogel, at Draft Vogel, John Vogel, uh, all about college players to watch in 2022 in advance of the 2023 draft. But we've got a special guest again for you today. Um, it's a JBSE fantasy football special with Jeremy Popolars at Pope's FFH on Twitter, a featured analyst for at FTN Fantasy. One of the very, very, very best in the business and uh, a Twitter account I go to for all of my fantasy football advice. Jeremy, welcome to the JBSE. Thanks for having me. I, uh, I'm i honored to be on. You know, it's, it's going to be a good time. I'm excited to talk some fantasy football and I appreciate all the kind words you have to say about me. It makes me feel good on the inside. So <laughs> that's good. That's what we strive for here on the JBSE. Is this is this your first international show, or 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 is this not new ground? I'm gonna say no, and that's just in a real question mark because I'm not 100 percent sure. I think I did one with uh, King Fantasy, and I think they're in England. Okay. But I think you might be the first Australia one, and I'm not 100% sure, though. So okay. I'll say no with a question mark at the, at the moment. Okay. So I'm not 100% <laughs> sure with that. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, well, it's really good to have you on. Uh, as I said, um, been a follower of your work online for a while now, and people should definitely go and check it out. Um, I'll put links in the, uh, the podcast notes so people can go and read that. I was checking out on ftnfantasy.com, your Pope's Pick 6 articles, Got a great preseason takeaways from preseason week two, so people should go and have a look. Um, yeah, a lot, a lot of stuff coming out on FTN, so that's great, mate. And um, your stuff is excellent. So, oh, I guess first off, I just wanted to ask you as a bit of background: when did you first get into fantasy football, and what sort of led you down the path of this, you know, sort of analyst job kind of angle? with fantasy football because not everyone gets into it as hardcore as that yeah so i mean fantasy football i've always been a fan of football for as long as i could know you know what i mean i grew up in buffalo so for us that's kind of you know second nature to be a football fan here whether we're good or bad so yeah kind of just always have been into football and then you know once you know middle school high school started to roll around you know started getting into fantasy football just kind of playing more for fun you know with my friends and stuff like that a couple of years ago uh right about when the pandemic and stuff started i mean i kind of was in the interest of starting a podcast and i started um i didn't actually start one but my friends had one and they were all having a website so they were like hey you want to write stuff for us and i was like seems like fun sure so i started that and the rest is history you know just kind of took off and i just really enjoyed it and to an extent it's almost like i enjoy doing this stuff better than actually playing fantasy football i still enjoy playing fantasy football but it's much more rewarding when 
I can help other people. So it's always fun. Yeah, there there is definitely something really fun about the process behind like um I've only been playing fantasy football a couple of years now. I think we've had two seasons in the league that I play and it's a mix of Aussies and Americans. Um but I love it. I've always played sort of sports management games, but getting to uh, yeah, mm-hmm. playing fantasy football and against other actual human beings and that sort of stuff. It's it, it's 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 a lot of fun and um yeah put way too much thought into <laughs> strategizing and it really opens up the yeah and it opens up your eyes to like the league you know if you're if you're you're set on like liking one team you know it really opens up to like watching other games and kind of just appreciating the nfl game in general you know because you, you you root for these other guys you root for who's on your team you know in subsequently you're rooting for their team normally so kind of opens everything up and you know just I feel like it just kind of brings or more appreciation for the game. You know, you're a little bit more invested in the entire league versus just your one team, you know? Yeah. A hundred percent. And not even just starters, you know, like you start looking into like, I, I feel like, you know, every year when I start looking at who, who to draft and all that sort of thing, like it, it does open my eyes to just more players as well. You know, I feel like I'm more familiar yeah. with, with rosters and that. So, yeah, no, it's, such a fun experience. Um, let's talk some strategy first up. So we, the, the way the episode will work for the listener, we'll talk a little bit of strategy and then also getting your recommendations on, you know, sort of your top 10 lock players. Maybe we'll get a top 10 sleepers. Um, but but I want to start with strategy and it's around running backs. Um, you had a great video up today i believe it was today about tyler algier um and maybe one about zamir white as well i think um do some great work on those running backs so the the first couple of years i've been playing fantasy football um i get so much advice insisting that you go running back running back at the top of your draft does that advice still hold true for you like if everyone is going running back early is it then time to sort of pivot and grab that sort of bona fide wide receiver one like a Jamar Chase or a Jam- um, uh, Justin Jefferson? Or, or is it still like, no, we've got to draft running backs, running backs? What, what's your sort of feeling on that? So if you're looking at it more as like um, versus like in a redraft format, so you're redrafting yeah. a team every year, I feel like for me it's still really heavy on running backs i enjoy running backs i Mm -hmm. it's partial to me when i build a roster it just feels better looks better the results aren't always better but i just it feels better draft day in the beginning of the season drafting running backs early because it is true especially if you're playing non-super flex you're playing a one quarterback format the running backs go early and they go often so like you said if you want to pivot you can and normally you get some good value at the wide receiver position a little bit later in the end of the first round. However, you also risk ending up with that zero RB kind of strategy. And you're ending up with these guys that are necessarily handcuff running backs or the gadget type running backs that need some things to fall their way to really be super fantasy viable. Not that they're unviable. You can still use them to an extent. It's just like that lead. You're not getting that. 20, 30 touch type running back, which is so valuable to me. I feel like that they 
the running back touches are more valuable to me than wide receivers because they're more counted on. Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, some of you, you get Jamar Chase, you get Justin Jefferson. Yeah, they're going to get theirs every single week, obviously. But you fall into that little bit slower echelon there of the wide receivers, and it's really just kind of a dice roll. You know, are these guys going to get targets? Are they not? Or if you land one of those earlier running backs, you know they're going to get carries. You know they're going to get touches. On top of that, the issue that a lot of people don't love about it, I feel, is the injuries because running backs do tend to have a higher injury rate just because, again, they touch the ball more. They have harder hits from defensive linemen and linebackers versus wide receivers who normally are getting hit by corners or safeties. So, like, there's more wear and tear to them. Um, But I still am very heavy on running back, running back. But there's a point they have to draw a line. You know, if if you're at – the 10th pick and they went 10 running backs. Yeah. Like probably who you're drafting at 11 isn't worth it. And at that point I would probably start to think to pivot, like you mentioned, you know, to a Jamar chase, a Justin Jefferson, a Travis Kelsey, someone that gives you an advantage at another position and then try and find that kind of quote unquote running back dead zone area, you know, and hopefully you hit on one of those guys. That would really be my best advice. Um, but I definitely love trying to get one at least in the first round. And then I'm fine after that. You know what I mean? I don't necessarily lock myself to running back, running back. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. It totally. It totally makes sense. Um, and I suppose building off that question, as you said, given you're a bit of a running back enthusiast here, um, are we experiencing a changing of the guard at the running back position this season and, and, and sort of into 2023? I'm thinking about guys like, you know, Derek Henry, Austin Eckler, Zeke Elliott, Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, um, Dalvin Cook. It, are these guys over the next season or two going to start make way at the top of fantasy drafts for guys like Brees Hall, Najee Harris, Javonta Williams? I, I just get the sense, and, and I could be totally wrong, that we're starting to see a shift to the next generation just because of how much attrition there is at that position. Yeah, I would say yes and no. I think some of these guys stick around. I think Saquon Barkley has been a guy that people are a little bit down on this season. I feel like the last couple of years, I mean, you had the ACL tear and then he was kind of plagued with injuries on top of the giants, just using him wrong last season. Like there has been a lot of disliking to Saquon Barkley, but Saquon Barkley is not necessarily over that hump, you know, but I, I can definitely see some of these guys, you know, starting to slow down. I think Jonathan Taylor continues his trend of kind of being near that top five range. He's just the volume, the talent, the youth there. Um, you're going to see Brees Hall's probably going to get somewhere in there. You know, Javante Williams really needs Melvin Gordon to vacate Denver for him to really get up there. You know, like some of these guys aren't going to have those same roles. You know, Delvin Cook is still the guy in Minnesota. Like he's not going to be, maybe in a year or two, like you had said, you know, you are going to see that because the 23 and 24 class have at least two to three guys that probably can come in and really push this top tier of running backs, depending on landing spot where they get um, and like what their role is going to be in those offenses. So I could definitely see that. And I agree that I think that that's coming, you know, you still have guys that like you mentioned there, but Deandre Swift is a guy who can make a push up there. Um, JK Dobbins is a guy that I really like. I think that he can make a push up there given not that high, probably like that top end of the draft there, but he's probably going to push into the RB one. So maybe not this year with the ACL being his first year off, but he's a guy who could push up there. 
Um, you have that whole class. Travis Etienne's a guy that could kind of get up there. Like, there's a lot of youth that really, like you said, could be kind of pushing these guys. You know, Derrick Henry's a guy I'm really worried about this year. I think that coming off that injury, his age, a little, yeah. little dangerous there for him. Um, I, I think he is a guy to monitor this year. I, I could see him kind of falling off. The rest of these guys, though, they're not overly old. You know, Christian McCaffrey's pretty pretty i mean he's close to that but these are guys that are like i could see breaking that 27 age cliff that we normally see for running backs you know i I, they might not be like top five anymore but i still could see mccaffrey for a good couple years being a top 12 running back i could see barkley doing it i can see cook still doing it depending again sometimes these guys do just disappear so hard to predict but i could see it yeah as someone who's had a lot of heavy investment in Derrick Henry um, and Austin Eckler uh, the last two years, I'm hoping they, they continue to hold on. <laughs> um, so yeah, let's... I think Austin Eckler, you'll be fine. Yeah. Love watching him play. Love having him, having him on my team. It was um, yeah. Derrick Henry, unfortunately went down with that injury last season. Then I was scrambling. Yeah. Had Javante oh, Williams. But yeah, like you said, with Melvin Gordon, it's so hard to predict, um, you know, him getting a whole heap of carries. Uh, Let's go then over to a top 10 and let's get your top 10 locks. We've talked about running backs at the top of the draft. We've talked about which, you know, maybe a wide receiver. What are your 10 picks that you're saying if they're there in the first round, you take them? These guys, they have to come off the board. Um, if you want to talk about a couple in detail, you know, feel free. But what are those top 10 dead set lock players? All right. Um, so my top 10 ranking right now as it stands today. So this is what? The 23rd of August <laughs> is yep. Jonathan Taylor at one. I feel like JT is a pretty easy one. Um, I actually have Dylan Cook at two, but he could really be interchanged at three with Christian McCaffrey. I feel like those top three are kind of guys that I'm really in on this season. I think that, um, for example, Delvin Cook will get into because not many people have him that high. Um, I think that Delvin Cook has the upside in the new Kevin O'Connell offense. That's just going to be a little bit more pass heavy. I think that they're going to use him a little bit more on the edge. You're going to kind of see that involvement in the passing game and most leagues nowadays are a half PPR at least. So you're going to see the bump there. On top of that, the offense just, I think, is going to be a little bit more explosive and a little bit more on the um, points per game production. So I think that Cook's going to see a benefit from that as well. Um, and then McCaffrey's McCaffrey. I still think that he's he's easily talkable to be the first pick. Do you know what I mean? I, I know he's at three for me, but like he's really the guy there in, in Carolina. And with Baker Mayfield, hopefully maybe improving that offense a little bit. If McCaffrey's healthy, there's a good chance he finishes as the top running back again this season. Um, at four, I do have my first wide receiver, which is Jamar Chase. Um, so Jamar Chase, I think, is probably the best receiver, in my opinion, um, just based on the pure fact that I know he's got T. Higgins, but he's just so explosive. The plays that he makes are unreal. Paired with Joe Burrow, I think that offense just takes a little bit step forward with the uh, better offensive line. So I'm really in on Jamar Chase this year. Um, as well as then Austin Eckler's at five. 
Justin Jefferson at six, another wide receiver. Alvin Kamara at seven, because I do think with Alvin Kamara that he doesn't necessarily get suspended this season. And if so, it's probably going to be at the back half with all the stuff that's going on with him. So I really think that he's still Alvin Kamara. You know, a lot of people have him ranked down near the bottom of the list, and I think they're anticipating a suspension, but I'm still fine with taking him in the first round. You know, I'm not taking him at the top, maybe where I would have with a little bit more certainty around the situation, but like, I would probably take him near the end of the first round still. Um, so I have him at seven and then Joe Mixon's eight and then Devontae Adams at nine. I still think that Devontae Adams is going to be Devontae Adams in uh, Vegas. I don't think that that really changes too much. I think he sees a very large target share. I think the guy who doesn't benefit is going to be Hunter Renfro. I think he still gets some, but I don't think he's going to have what he had at the last half of that season. I think Devontae Adams comes in, kind of steals a lot from these guys. And then Cooper Cups at 10. Um, I get a lot of people probably are going to be like, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about because he has Cooper Cup at 10. But I just, not that I don't believe in Cooper Cup's talent. I just, Cooper Cup's season last year was very historic. It was Matt Stafford's first year. It's a Super Bowl run. Like it was a, everything fell right for that Rams offense for Cooper Cup. Um, the unfortunate injury with Robert Woods. I mean, Odell Beckham came in. He wasn't really all there. Van Jefferson's kind of just been Van Jefferson and not, demanding more work than what he deserves is kind of just a decoy or an alternative person to pass to. I feel like Cooper cup now with Allen Robinson there. I think Robinson commands a lot more from him. I think Cam Akers being healthy. He's going to see some work in the passing game. Daryl Henderson will probably see more run work than Cam Akers, I think. And Akers is going to get kind of used as that third down ish quote unquote role where he sees a little bit more passing work, stuff like that. And I think just all this together, I think the Rams take a step, back in the offensive category. I think last year they just were super hyper sort of efficient and just scored a lot of points. I think they just take a little bit of a step back and Cooper cup kind of settles back to his career average. So that would put him more. So still, obviously I have him as wide receiver four. Um, he's just a little bit lower in my ranks because like I said before, I, I still believe running backs are more valuable. Um, as far as fantasy goes, especially in a half PPR, even if it's standard, you know, then the running backs are like way in because it's mostly touchdowns. So for me, maybe PPR, I could, but again, I'm not going to fault somebody for taking Cooper Cup over Jamar Chase. Do you know what I'm saying? But yeah. those would probably be my 10, as I would say, are locked in. Um, other guys that I definitely like to are DeAndre Swift. Like, I wouldn't hate someone taking him, especially in one QB. Um, DeAndre Swift has a huge upside. So, and then Derrick Henry is always a guy that a lot of people have high. Um, again, I'm very worried about him because of the injury, age, and just the Titans offense in general. So, Yeah, yeah. Swift, um, I've been watching along with the Hard Knocks um, series again this year, and it's been interesting to see them, you know, talking and coaching him up. Um, it, it seems like that coaching staff in Detroit really believe, like, there's this other level for him to reach. Um, there was a yeah. great scene with Deuce, uh, with Deuce Staley talking to – Swift saying, you know, you, you've got to, you know, give that guy, there's, there's a play, you know, where he runs out of bounds instead of trying to run through a defender, you know, and if you run through that defender, you know, you might've run him over and gone for a touchdown. And it's like, they're just really trying to get this extra next step out of Swift that they believe is there, which is pretty exciting from a fantasy perspective. Um, mm-hmm. I would imagine for DeAndre Swift, um, yeah, I, I DeAndre's like, just a guy that just so much upside. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I, I like that you've sort of you you you've talked me around a little bit on Christian McCaffrey because I'd sort of been you know of the camp. I guess I was I had him down more in that Derrick Henry sort of range of going. Oh well, you know the injury thing, but no, you you've you've brought me around. I'm feeling more positive on McCaffrey yeah, now. He's just <laughs> the struggle with like the diff- McCaffrey and Henry are two just two different people. You know Henry's game has always been a little bit more leaning towards the power and he takes a little bit to get going. He needs that runway. He isn't as explosive, which the Liz Frank injury and the foot injury that he had might not necessarily hinder that because he wasn't overly, I mean, he was explosive. I'm not saying he's not, but it wasn't like top tier explosiveness. I guess you could say from Derek Henry, it kind of was a little bit more of took a runway type. He had speed. It just took a little bit in a power game, like stuff like that doesn't necessarily bode well for a, 28 year old running back on a team that has Robert Woods as their top receiver with a rookie that we don't know exactly what's going on with Traylon Burks. Like, is he doing well? Is he not, you know, like the reports in and out of camp have been a little dicey there. So that whole offense is a little more scary. I feel like with Christian McCaffrey, he's proven he can be the offense. Do you know what I mean? McCaffrey gets the targets. He gets the running work. He gets the red zone work. Like he gets everything. He's pretty much that Panthers offense. And I don't expect that to change again. It's just going to come down to, are you worried about his health? You know, and if you're not worried about his health and you're willing to take him, you know, it's been talked about even on some bigger shows. Um, I saw on Twitter, I don't remember exactly which ones, but you know, like if you're willing to take McCaffrey at four or five, like why not one, you know, like, like you're obviously at four or five, you're not worried about health. Like, I mean, you know what I mean? If you're really yeah, worried about yeah. health, you wouldn't take him that high, you know, like, yeah, there's upside there. I mean, just he really is. He deserves to be possibly the top guy. You know, I mean, Jonathan Taylor does too. He did well last year, but I just still believe that McCaffrey is ultimately the best quote unquote weapon in the NFL as far as fantasy football goes, you know, just pure volume and just ability. Yeah. And I mean, Henry is crazy. Like the volume, like he was on pace for over like 400 carries last season. Yeah. before he got injured. It, and he might just that again. <laughs> yeah. They just don't seem to, to, you know, everyone's like, oh, you got to limit, you know, a, a player's carries and that sort of thing. But he, he's just, I don't know, they just continue to stack workload on him. And up until last year, um, you know, he he obviously his body had been able to sustain it. Uh, let's just quickly want to get your thoughts on quarterback strategy with you know, you mentioned Matthew Stafford yeah. when we we're talking about Cooper Cup, but how early in the draft are you thinking about taking your, you know, starting quarterback on average in 2022? Because, you know, first time fantasy players, you know, you come in thinking, oh, well, the quarterback, you know, got to take a quarterback early. I think I took Russell Wilson in like round three or four the first year I played um, fantasy. And didn't do that draft. I think I got Jalen Hurts in the ninth or something last year. Um, so I learned from my mistake. But where where are you drafting your quarterback on average in 2022? And, and which sort of couple of dudes are you looking at trying to get on your roster? So for me, quarterback is very, um, it's almost similar to tight end. So you have the top three or so guys that I'm willing to take a little early. And then after that, I'm fine with like Kirk Cousins in the 12th or 14th. Yeah. You know what I mean? So for me, I would be fine um, taking like Josh Allen probably in the late 
third, early fourth. Um, early third's a little early just because of what's there. Um, but I made this point before. I, I like for me overall points. You look back. Josh Allen has been top two both years the last two years as far as just overall points so if you go overall we'll go half ppr was 2021 i'm gonna sneeze one second sorry <laughs> you're good allergies sorry sorry to the no, audience you're fine. but yeah 2021 was josh allen was two one oh and then 20 where's where are we going here website's not working sorry 21 josh allen was one and then 2020 he was two so for me the quarterbacks still drive in half ppr you know there's there's a lot of them finishing near that upper echelon of the chart so for me i'm fine with taking that because like josh allen patrick mahomes maybe justin herbert um they're kind of all just so secure, you know, like, I mean, Josh Allen, the rushing, the passing, like he is a consistent producer week in and week out. It's hardly ever. I mean, there's every now and then he has kind of one of those down games, but like, he's just so consistent for your team. Like why not take 25 points in the third round versus drafting? I don't know, a running back that might get you 20 every couple weeks. You know, it just seems like, for me, that's where I'm at with that. But once it's passed, really, probably Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes, like I kind of just wait because the difference between Justin Herbert, Joe, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, like you're going to get talent. You know, like it's a one quarterback league. You only got 10 to 12 teams. Like that really matters too. You know, if you're playing in a 10 team league, like there's no reason to take a quarterback until, like you said, nine. 10, you know, like, cause there's just so many of them. You'll get somebody and it's going to help your team. You know what I mean? So once it's past the Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes tier, I kind of just, I'm just out, you know, for a little bit. And I wait on those guys, you know, you be able to get a Dak Prescott or Russell Wilson, uh, somebody like that a little bit later, six, seven, eight, nine round range where you can have a little bit more of a better team around them. And then you get that. And that just kind of helps solidify it. Yeah, it's a nice little sprinkle on top of the uh, Sunday. Um, yeah, and I, I guess too, like looking at players, like the Jalen Hurts thing for me was that you're kind of getting a two for one with those running quarterbacks. And yep. especially like down the draft, like you could look at a player like, you know, I think Trey Lance this year, probably, I don't know, there seemed to be a bit of hype about him, so he might go higher then I would draft him. But I always think there's those that one or two quarterbacks who are going to come in and their team might not do great, but they're worthwhile as a fantasy quarterback because they run around a bit, they score touchdowns themselves, and so you can sort of get value um, down the draft. Um, let's yeah, just look- with one quarterback and, like, there's, yeah. there's so many that the options are just, like, endless and it's just kind of like you could argue there's – almost eight to 10 quarterbacks who have rushing upside. So it's like, yeah. And normally in one quarterback, like a team takes one quarterback and they're normally done. You know what I mean? They, they yeah. won't, they'll wait a while. So like, it's not like where you take one running back and your people are like, oh, okay, I'm done taking running backs. I got one. Like they're going to yeah. take 
two or three. So it's like they kind of come off quicker where quarterbacks normally I'll say in a one quarterback league, it's one quarterback. And then like, you don't have to worry about that guy taking a quarterback for a couple of rounds. So you can kind of be like, Oh, okay, well three, four teams took it. So now it's only down to these other five. Like I can really wait because by the time someone takes one, like I should be within a run where I can get a guy I still like. So, yeah. I need to give one of those two QB leagues a go at some point. Sounds like a strategic fun. Um, oh yeah. Sp- speaking You'd be of surprised seeing the draft boards. <laughs> Yeah, well, I imagine that QB becomes a lot more important when everyone's playing too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so strategy on rookies. Uh, you know, not all mm-hmm. guys coming to the league created equal in terms of like first year fantasy impact. Not everyone's, you know, uh, a rookie running back who's going to break out. Um, it's, it's sometimes hard to sort of judge. So how do you sort of appro- approach evaluating which rookies are worth the investment in fantasy football? So with rookies, for me, when it comes to redraft, it's all about, honestly, it's about opportunity. You know, like, for example, this year, we'll give some names. You know, Damian Pierce is a guy. I don't overly love Damian Pierce as a prospect. I didn't like him through the whole process. But, I mean, he's just got to beat out Marlon Mack and Rex Burkhead to be the lead running back in an offense. Like that's a guy that I might target. And his, his ADP isn't crazy high. You know, he's, he's a little bit later in the draft, like, okay, you know, ninth, 10th round, maybe that's where he's going. Like it's him or a wide receiver that might not hit either. So like, maybe I'll take a, sh- a shot there. You know, for me, rookies go by value for me when it comes to redraft, because it's like, okay, so Traylon Burks, another guy that's kind of sliding. I'm like, okay, well, if his ADP is good, maybe I'll give it a whirl. But like, Wide receivers tend to not hit early. Um, we've seen it the last couple of years with Justin Jefferson, Jalen Waddell, and Jamar Chase, but these guys are different level prospects than what you're normally getting. You know, we've seen the the opposite side. You know, we've seen Denzel Mims come in and not do anything. We've seen uh, Michael Pittman his rookie year wasn't really overly exciting. You know, like sometimes it takes time for the wide receivers. The running backs tend to be a little bit more able to make that transition a little bit quicker. Um, as far as fantasy value goes, depending on the roster, the build, you know, an injury, something like that. So for me, I tend to look for an opportunity and normally it's running backs is really where I tend to go with rookies. Um, and that's not just being like a running back enthusiast. It's just because I feel like their value immediately in year one tends to be a little bit higher than a wide receiver. Um, but again, you know, a guy that a lot of people are in on is Drake London. Again, it's because opportunity. Do you know what I'm saying? So like he not overly this like top tier elite prospect. He's a good prospect. He had everything checked a lot of boxes, but like he's really the, I mean, outside of Kyle Pitts, there's not much to throw to in Atlanta, you know? So there's going to be volume there. He has an opportunity to make something out of nothing we can say. So for me, it's that, you know, Traylon Burks is the same way. Then you get down to a guy who I think is a little bit better, Garrett Wilson, but he's a little bit more of a crowded offense. So it's like, he's going to slip for me because like I love Garrett Wilson as like a dynasty asset as far as like dynasty fantasy football goes year in and year out. But like redraft Garrett Wilson isn't overly enticing unless you're getting him later in the draft because like he's got to deal with Elijah Moore, Corey Davis, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So like for me, it's really about opportunity with rookies because if they get that chance, normally they can kind of make something out of it. 
um, especially at the running back position. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess we're, st- I was just thinking about, you know, a guy like Chris Alave. I don't know what you think about him, but, you know, Michael Thomas yeah, now with an hamstring injury. Um, yeah, and I, and I was quite keen on George Pickens before the season started, but it seems like everyone's in on yep. George Pickens now, so maybe I need to go the yeah, other way. <laughs> yeah, if you are a late drafter, George Pickens is no longer that great of a value. Um, yep. I was in on George Pickens for a long time. Um, I had him as my top wide receiver before the season last year, um, and then a force of the ACL injury, I was unable to really see him play. And I kind of had to knock him down a little bit just because like we didn't get to see his season last year. And how can you put him behind a guy that like Garrett Wilson, who did what he did last year or Drake London. So it's a little hard, um, but I'm overly excited to see him because it seems like he's everything that I thought he was going to be once he had the opportunity to really make a name for himself. And it seems like so far he's doing well. And like you said, it the, the value is not really going to be there with Pickens. I feel yeah. Um He's another guy that you got to be worried about too, because you got Chase Claypool, you've got Deontay Johnson, you've got Najee Harris, you got Pat Fryermuth, on an offense that might take a step back without Ben Roethlisberger, might take a step forward, but I don't necessarily know how well that offense is going to be. So Pickens is a guy that I'm probably avoiding just because of where the ADP is going to go, and I'm not expecting that Steelers offense to be super exciting. Like I'd rather wait and take Garrett Wilson if he's going to go after Pickens. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. All right. I've got one more question then we can get you out of here. Well, one and a half questions, really. appreciate you taking <laughs> the time out of your evening. Um, just want to finish with, and we've sort of been talking about maybe some of these guys from a rookie sense, but now let's think about the whole league in terms of your top 10 sleepers, 10 players that you think, you know, in terms of the value, you know, where you're going to be able to draft them and the value you're going to get, who are those sort of 10-ish players that you go, yeah, that's like a great sleeper pick? Um, So I would say your best like sleeper values at the moment, I would say um, Nico Collins is one. Um, you better watch out because he's probably going to start driving up a little bit, especially after the preseason game. Um, but Nico Collins is a guy I liked last year in Texas or in um, Houston, and he's paired with Davis Mills, and that offense isn't overly exciting. But Mills did do pretty well at the end of the season as a fantasy asset. So being the second fiddle to Brandon Cooks, I think that there's going to be some value, and I do think his ADP was in almost the 200 range. Um, not too long ago. Uh, I will check it here so you get the actual number. Give me one second. But he just he has a lot of upside for a guy that you're getting so late. You know, how often can you get a guy that late that's the second wide receiver in his offense? Yeah. Not only that, he's proven that um he's okay. So if you're playing half PPR 214 is a sleeper ADP at the moment. So mm-hmm. That's a guy that's pretty late, second um, fiddle on his offense, a guy that's going to probably see a good amount of red zone targets when they get there just because he has a bigger body. He does well leveraging out. So Nico Collins is a guy I really like that I think exceeds ADP as like a quote-unquote sleeper. Um, I always like Jacoby Myers. I think that's a guy that just keeps going under the radar. I don't know if he, if you could – I mean, consider him a sleeper, but he does go a little bit later in drafts. I think that he'll exceed that wide receiver um, – range where he's going um chase Edmonds is another guy i really like 
Um, I know a lot of people are eh on the Miami backfield, but they paid a lot of money to Chase Edmonds. He was the first one they brought in. He fits the scheme that Mike McDaniel wants to run. So for me, Chase Edmonds is a guy I think that's going to be the main running back there. And I think that he's going to see a lot of work and even in the passing game, which again, if you're playing in a half or full PPR, he's going to be pretty valuable. Another guy is Tyler Lockett. Um, I know that again, Seattle's offense, not overly exciting, not crazy, but he's going really late right now. I mean, he's like in the hundreds on sleeper and redraft at the moment. And like, he honestly out-targeted DK Metcalf when Geno, Geno Smith was in last season. Um, DK Metcalf just scored some more touchdowns, so that was kind of what made his fantasy numbers look better with Geno Smith. But Tyler Lockett still is very good. He still is very good at separation. He still has the speed. And depending on how that offense is, I mean, he's still going to be one of the top targets. I think he's a guy that you can get pretty late that in the area you're getting him, you're getting him around like a Brandon Ayuk, who's really questionable. You're getting him around... Um, Chase Edmonds, Rashad Penny, Traylon Burks, like Devin Singletary. Like you're getting them around guys that are kind of like way less upside than Tyler Lockett has, in my opinion. So I'm in on him there. Um, going to running backs and the Bills, I think James Cook is a pretty good value still. Um, both him and Devin Singletary go near each other. And I really don't think it's going to be as much of a three-headed running back system as they say and i think cook sees a lot of um passing volume so if you're playing in any type of ppr i like james cook if it's standard i probably would stay away from cook um but those ppr formats i think cook is a good value um romeo dubs is a guy that's gonna be another rookie that's kind of a little bit of a sleeper but he's really getting a lot of hype here in camp and obviously the yeah. explosion here in the last couple games but he's a guy that i think that is going to exceed his ADP. I wouldn't say that he's going to be crazily good. I think Christian Watson still might see some Alan Lazar. Like there's still a lot of weapons in that offense. So I don't know exactly how his, his mm. season's going to go, but if his ADP still stays relatively close to where it was, and even it's driving up some, like I'd still take a shot at him that late. Um, KJ Osborne's another one. Uh, 187. He's going to be, looks like to be the third receiver in that offense for the Vikings. So I mentioned earlier that are going to be a little bit more pass heavy. So that's another guy that I really like. Um, Daryl Williams, he's kind of a handcuff running back. Um, but I do think James Connor, obviously we've seen where he finally played the most games of his career last year. So guy that struggles with health. Um, and I'm just not set on him being as productive as he was down the stretch. I mean, the numbers were pretty drastic in a split range from when Edmonds was healthy versus no Edmonds. Um, I mean, I think we were talking seven to 10 fantasy points per game difference. So Daryl Williams is a guy that I think can come in and kind of get some of that chase Edmonds type role. So I worry that we're going to see a lot less from James Connor, but I think Daryl Williams, again, he's going into close near the two hundreds on ADP and sleeper at the moment. As a guy that could definitely exceed where he's getting drafted. Um, outside of that, I mean, you're, you're really getting into dart throws. I think those are kind of the, yeah. the main guys that I really like. Yeah, nice. Um, but outside of that, I mean, you're going to get into like Kendrick Bourne's an interesting one really late. Um, I still like Terrace Marshall really late. I still like um, Dontrell Hillard in Tennessee. He's a running back. Uh, I think he's kind of that backup to Derrick Henry. If not, Derrick Henry is going to 
Um, he's going to see some of the passing work that Derrick Henry won't, so he could even see some usage that way. I think Isaiah McKenzie is another guy, too, in the Bills' offense that goes really late that I could step in and see a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're over 10, but Felsus Jones, I know he's a rookie. Nobody really likes him all that much, but he could be the second wide receiver in Chicago's offense, so another guy that's really late that's interesting. Yeah, for sure. Like all of those guys, and yeah, like a guy like Romeo Dubs, it's like please stop the hype. We want to be able to draft him, yeah. you know. <laughs> stop. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. you wish we, and I mean, yeah, people couldn't watch the preseason games, so the hype yeah. would stay and, <laughs> and for me, near near the end of the draft, I like to kind of throw some darts, you know, like the Velsus Jones, stuff like that, where yeah. they might be these guys that are a little bit underrated-ish, but like have a clear opportunity. And if they don't hit in the first couple of weeks, I'm fine with dropping them, you know, and redraft yeah. to, to make way for somebody else. So... I definitely would try out some of those guys. For sure. That's great. Well, I'll get one more question in, and that is your best advice. What is the best piece of advice you would give to fantasy players out there to get the most enjoyment out of the game in 2022? It doesn't have to be about winning or losing. I don't know. It can be whatever you want. Just the one thing you would say for people to get full enjoyment out of their fantasy experience in 2022? I mean, I, I guess it's the reason you're playing is to have fun. Um, mm-hmm. If you're in one of the, like, not necessarily doing it for a ton of money, I mean, get guys that you like, ultimately, is the way that I always try to play it. You know, you're going to enjoy it if you draft the team that you like. You know, just because, say, I like J.K. Dobbins, and you're going to ask me a question and be like, hey, should I take J.K. Dobbins? Travis Etienne or Joe Mixon, like if I say Dobbins, like, but you like Joe Mixon, take Joe Mixon. Like that's who you like, you know, like if you believe in him, take that player. Like that's, it's your team. It's, I'm going to give you my advice. And that's just because that, that might be the player I like, you know, it might be something that I think might be a little bit more beneficial for my roster. But if you think Joe Mixon, like I'm wrong. I mean, people are wrong. (laughs) Fantasy analysts are wrong all the time. You know, it's, it's, it's hard to predict. It's a game that oh, it's tough. So for me, I always have found that if I draft the team I like, it's a little bit more enjoyable. You know, you win, you lose with the guys you like. It's always a little bit more fun for me. Yeah, 100%. but definitely, if you're really trying to win, if you're trying to win, stay active on the waiver wire. That's really where leagues are won, because the draft's pretty easy. You know, you get ADPs. Everybody gets team. Everybody's team looks usually pretty good at the beginning of the beginning of the season. But hitting on those waiver wires are key. Um, and don't be afraid to spend the money. You don't get to keep it if, you know, a waiver wire or the, the fab, however, whichever league you're using style, you know, if you get fab money, just use it. Cause you don't get to keep it at the end of the year usually. So yeah, make sure you get some guys and that's usually where you win. you know, look at Cordell Patterson last year. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. I, I, Elijah Mitchell, that, you know, like what they got out of that Falcons team. That to me was like a three or four wins. Falcons team and they got to seven. I could not believe it. Um, <laughs> I was actually pretty. They looked impressed. pretty good. They looked pretty good last night. Yeah, on Monday night football. I know it's a preseason and we don't want to overreact, but and it was just the Jets, but they did look pretty good. They were crisp. They were on time. You know, everything looked yeah. pretty good. Well, that's all. That's what you want to see. Um, it'd be fun if the Falcons were good. It'd be fun if uh, uh, Ritter came through and was a was a good QB. I like the Cincinnati Bearcat story. Um, he is Jeremy Pope Alaz 
at Pope's FFH on Twitter, featured analyst for FTN Fantasy. Thanks so much for giving us your time, Jeremy, and coming on the show. It was a blast to have you on. Yeah, thank you again. Um, I appreciate it, and uh, I had a had a had a fun time. So awesome. Well, we look forward to the fantasy season ahead. People should go and follow your work on Twitter and on the FTN fantasy website. Until next time, guys, you've been great. I've been reasonable. It's the JBSE. Thanks so much for listening.